Good morning. Happy New Year to you all. As I was looking back over this year, the passage that Lydia read to us um, was on my heart. And as I read through it again, I could see how Moses was responding to God. And it struck me that some of the excuses that Moses was coming out with that I could relate to, I could see elements of this in my own life. And so I found it really helpful seeing how um, to watch out for these and how God counteracts them and responds to Moses. And I hope that you will find this helpful today as, as we start the new year. So this chapter, chapter four, <clears throat> is um, looking at Moses entering a new season of his life. And as we start this chapter, he's been a prince for 40 years. He's been a shepherd for 40 years. And now God calls him for what he's been preparing him to lead the people out of slavery. So you could say he's trained for 80 years to, to be a, a minister for 40 years. Um, now, this is a big task, and you may not think that you've got a task as epic as Moses as you start this new year, but we're gonna look at what stops Moses and what potentially stops us from doing God's will. So we're gonna uh, see the tools that, that God gives him for the job, and how God is faithful in helping us to complete his given tasks. Let's start with our first point then, excuses of a new season. What really stops us from serving God the way that we want to, or the way that we really should? And what are the excuses that Moses makes, and that maybe I make, and you probably make too? So here we go. What if they don't believe me? We don't have to wait long to see um, an excuse, do we? He he starts one straight away in verse 1. And as we start off today, there's something to be said there. Are we quick to make excuses? Are we quick to make excuses? The question hasn't even been finished, um, being formed on someone else's lips, and we're already starting to show the body language. I'm sorry, I can't do that, or whatever it is. A quick background then for chapter three. Um, God tells Moses that he wants him to go to Pharaoh and also to the elders of the people and tell them that God will rescue them. Okay, so here we go, chapter four. Then Moses answered, but behold. What a great way to start an excuse, hey? But behold. Maybe if uh, the next time I go to make an excuse, I could start it this way. It would stop me from making the excuse, right? Would you like to go for coffee? But behold, I'm so busy. (laughs) Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Moses' response is, they won't believe me. God reveals his plan to Moses, and instead of thinking about God's plan, Moses is thinking, what will other people think of me? What happens if Moses tells them and they don't believe him? He's going to look foolish in front of his peers, in front of the elders. He's afraid. Moses is filled with unbelief here, which causes him to be fearful of doing what God calls him to do as he doubts God's plan. Moses hasn't even gone to the elders yet, but he thinks they won't believe his message and therefore the outcome of God's plan. So he's not only doubting himself, 
He's doubting God. He's saying, not only will they not believe me, but they won't believe you either, God. Now, do you ever feel like this? Do you ever find yourself focusing on someone else's unbelief instead of your own belief? Does that affect your own belief of what God can do or could do in the situations? When God tells us to do something, do we weigh up our experiences from life and say, I know how this is going to go. If I invite this person over for a meal or if I invest my time in this area of life, it will be wasted. But God says in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Starting our response with, an, with unbelief immediately closes doors and it shuts down opportunities that really we have no idea how they're going to go or how people will respond. We, we just think that we know. So if we feel a nudge to do good, don't let someone else's unbelief stop you. God responds to Moses' first excuse by telling Moses to look at what he has, what's in his hands. And he's got a shepherd's staff. Now, God shows him that he can use what he has to, to show that God's with him. That it's not just one or two, but it's actually three miraculous signs. But Moses, instead of seeing this, he responds with another excuse. Okay, well, they might believe you sent me, but I'm, I'm going to mess it up. Let's look at this next one. I don't have the abilities to do what you ask of me. But Moses said to the Lord, verse 10, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, either in the past or since you've spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Thanks for the miracles, God, but I'm just not good at public speaking. It's not one of my strong points. Moses doesn't think he's got what it takes to do the job that God's given Moses these miraculous signs to do, but he's, he's just focusing on this one thing, the thing that he thinks he can't do. And another thing about excuses this morning is that you can just keep making more, can't you? If you've already made up your mind, you're, you're not going to do something, you can just keep being negative. Like, why don't you join the worship team? Oh, I, I'm not good enough. But they always practice beforehand. You could practice, oh, it's too early on a Sunday morning. But the leaders could support you, could even give you a lift in. Oh, I'm, I'm too busy to get involved with it. I'm, I'm no good. We've all got gifts and skills that God has given us. But when he's called you to do something, do you ever feel like, like it's not enough? If only I had that skill as well, and then I could do it. I'm not good enough. I don't have the abilities. Self-doubt is an easy excuse that stops us from doing what God wants us to do. So don't let self-doubt be an excuse for not using the gifts that God's given you. Who will you trust? Yourself or the one who's given you the gifts? Third one then. I'm not available. Let someone else do it. So Moses gives his excuses and God answers him. But instead of focusing on what God's plans are and what God is saying, he's still looking at himself and he's still listening to himself. The unbelief, the fear, 
The self-doubt is getting too much for Moses. He may even be thinking about his past. He's killed an Egyptian and now he's got to go back and face the Pharaoh. He's messed up. Will he mess up again? And it brings us to the third excuse, verse 13. But he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. The excuse of unavailability. Moses doesn't want to go and he doesn't want to do it. Someone else can go instead. And what's interesting here is the start of this next verse, verse 14. Moses says, oh my Lord, please send someone else. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. It's interesting that it's not the unbelief or the self-doubt. They're not what makes God angry. But it's the fact that Moses says he's unavailable. And this is because God can work through our unbelief. He can work through our self-doubt. But if we're unavailable, then he can't work through us. When I was doing my youth worker training, I was taught to look out for youth leaders who are F-A-T. Now hold on, I haven't finished yet. That's faithful, available and teachable. Faithful, available and teachable. Spending time at international churches, I've, I've witnessed some really gifted people with amazing talents in many areas. But often they're not the ones that get asked to do things because they're not available. And if you see someone else has a gift, it's not a reason for you to not step up. And, and to try and grow your gifts either. Someone else's gift is not a reason for us not to do our part. It's not an excuse. If God's preparing you to do something, even if it seems like it's not working out, just make sure that you are available. Just make sure you're available. So Moses says, they won't believe, I don't have the skills, please send someone else. So those are the excuses we see him make. And we can easily make them too, can't we? So what does God teach us in response? <clears throat> Second point, made by God for his purposes. Verse 2. God asks Moses to lay down his staff. Now this may seem like a simple action, but there's much more to it than that. Moses laying down his staff is, is like him laying down what he's done for the past 40 years as he lays down his staff he's laying down his identity all he's done all he's known and as he lays it down before God he does this so that he can be used by God he lays down what he has to be used by God and then when God tells him to he picks it back up again God shows Moses that it's God who's equipping him Moses isn't relying on himself to do the task, but he needs to rely on the Almighty, on God to equip him with what he needs. I mean, think about it. In one sense, it's just an ordinary staff in Moses' hand, isn't it? He's just an ordinary man herding ordinary sheep, but when God gets involved, that's when it becomes extraordinary, isn't it? We come with what may be ordinary gifts 
But when we listen to God and obey his instructions, the things in our hands can become extraordinary to other people and to us because God is extraordinary and he's at work in our lives. When we become Christians, we don't just give a part of ourselves to God, but we we need to lay down, we need to offer our whole selves and our whole lives to him. That means laying down our abilities, our hopes, our plans, so that we can be ready to do whatever God wants us to do and to go wherever he wants us to go. Eric Liddell is a great example of this that from the film. Uh, you might have seen the Chariots of Fire. He's an example of someone who had clearly different seasons in his life. He was born to missionary parents and then he went on to be an Olympic athlete winning gold. But he gave up the riches and fame that he could have had and he laid down his sport and his speed, his identity as a famous athlete to go back to China to serve God. Before you were born, God knew the plans of your life and the tasks that he had for you to do. Moses was a prince for 40 years. That's longer than I've been alive, contrary to what the cheeky youth say. (laughs) But God trained him in that time to know all the cultural etiquette, um, how to approach Pharaoh, how to speak to him, when to do that, the leadership skills that he'd need to lead the people. The list goes on. God has been preparing him through his life. So when Moses makes the excuse that he can't speak in verse 10, then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? God is not someone who's handing out jobs to strangers. God gives tasks to the people that he's created, to people that he knows better than they know themselves. God is saying, I know you, Moses. I've made you to do what I want you to do. And it doesn't stop there. God hasn't only made us, but he's made all those that we make, that we cross paths with in life as well. God says, look, I'll give you what to say. You do the speaking and then it's up to me. It's up to him who listens. It's up to him whose blind eyes are opened to the truth. That's what he's saying here in verse 11. It doesn't stop there either. Um, that he says, the things that you've learned, they're, they're for a reason. The path that you've walked, how difficult it's been or currently is or how hard that it looks for you this coming year. You've got gifts to use that God's been training you in. And the important thing is that you're ready to lay them before God and then take them up when he asks you to. Are you ready to serve him? Look at Moses after his third excuse. God brings Aaron in to help him, um, who God knows speaks well. Verse 15, you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and he will be with uh, your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do sorry God will be with with them so God in his grace is saying to Moses that even though you're weak I'll give you what you need to do the job if God has a job for you to do he will give you everything that you need to do it 
If that means starting out with a, a little gift and then learning on the job, he will grow you so that you can finish it. Or if it means having an Aaron alongside you, someone else to help you by your side until you've finished. He provides the church family to help, help us, doesn't he? To help each other. And finally, we can trust God because he will faithfully help us in what he calls us to do. So trusting in God in this new season. In the previous chapter, chapter 3, Moses questions his own identity. Asking, in one sense it's another excuse, he says asking, who am I that I should go? And God tells him that he will be with him. Because it's not the who am I that I should go. But it's that the great I am is going to go with you. And because of what Jesus has done for us, restoring our relationship with God the Father, by forgiving those who ask for forgiveness, we can see that this is true for us as well. That God is with us. My wife, Keturah, um, she's great at lots of things. And um, there's one thing she's not good at, though, and I can say this, I've asked her, and that's ice skating. <laughs> and I can say this as well because I'm not great at ice skating. I'm like the... Those guys from Home Alone slipping on the, the ice, you know. But if you see her on the ice, she'll skate around the edge, clinging to the side. But if a friend who can skate comes alongside her and takes her by the arm, she'll happily skate into the center of the ice because she knows that she has someone she can trust, someone who'll stay by her side when it's dangerous or scary. And Moses starts out, believing that he can't do it. But he trusts in God and fulfills the purposes that God has for him, doesn't he? God faithfully went with him and helped him. Verse 12. Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. It's a promise that's repeated in verse 15 and God's already given that promise as well in the previous chapter, chapter 3, verse 12. Moses is not sent out alone by God, And as you read through the book of Exodus, you see God faithfully walking with Moses through every step of the way. And then look how he's described in, in Acts chapter 7. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. A man mighty in his words, that goes against what Moses says about himself, doesn't it? But it shows that because he was obedient to God and trusted him, that this was God's planned outcome. He used him mightily from his initial excuse upon excuse to then being quoted by the martyr Stephen for being mighty in word and deed. God made Moses a mighty leader. But we know that he wasn't perfect, don't we? He wasn't without his weaknesses too. He led the people from slavery in Egypt, but he only got them as far as the edge of the promised land. Because of his anger, he wasn't allowed in. And he could only free them from their physical slavery, not their spiritual slavery. Moses laid down his shepherd's staff to free God's people from their oppressors. But Jesus laid down his life to bring us freedom from the oppression of sin. Jesus is the good shepherd who protects us and perfectly guides us. Moses picked up the serpent by the tail. 
But God knew that one day Jesus was the only one who could crush the serpent's head. He freed us from slavery so that we can be who God has created us to be and do what he's prepared for us to do. This is a free gift that anyone can take up. If you haven't before today, why don't you try praying to him? Moreover, God didn't leave us alone to do it. God promised to be with Moses and Jesus made that promise as well to us. John chapter 14 verse 26 says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. We have a Holy Spirit who will help us, who God sent, who will always be with us to give us the words to say and to help us to be obedient to God's call. So we can trust God, we can step out of our comfort zone, we can be obedient to his calling, knowing that he's always with us, always helping us and guiding us. And to conclude this morning, everything that Moses went through was for a purpose, to shape him, to be the servant God wanted for the job that he prepared him to do. This new season, what are your excuses? What are your abilities? And are you available for God to work through his purposes that he's planned for you? I don't know what God's going to call you to this year. Maybe it's to step up to something or step into something bigger or to step down. Maybe it'll be to reach out to someone or somewhere. But what I do know is that he's done all the work for us. He's got us ready. And all we need to do is to listen to his voice, to listen to him and obey. Be ready to surrender our will and take up his will. God says to Moses that when Aaron sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. And that's how we feel when we see friends this new year, isn't it? Looking around at God's family in times of discouragement. God gives us not only himself, but he gives us each other to encourage and to build one another up. So let's be faithful to each other as God is faithful to us. Let's be faithful, available and teachable.